Buying a master mechanics tool set usually means high prices, higher interest rates, and who knows how many years of monthly payments. But at GearWrench, we don't believe that your tools should take years and years to pay for. So check out Mega Mod Master Sets, the master mechanics tool sets that deliver pro-quality tools, organized storage solutions, an easy-to-use lifetime warranty, and much, much more. All for thousands less than you'd expect. So don't wait. Explore the sets and check availability now. Only at GearWrench.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Grammar Girl here. I'm Mignon Fogarty, and you can think of me as your friendly guide to the English language. We talk about writing, history, rules, and other cool stuff. Today, we'll talk about the interesting origin of the word freedom and about weird sentences with double subjects. But first, thanks to Elaine, who listened to the episode a few weeks ago about healthy versus healthfully, and let me know that in the UK, people would also use healthfully, for example, to say they ate healthily. I don't think I've ever heard that word before, but I did a Google book search, and it does look like healthily is much more common in British English than in American English. So there you go. And thanks again. Given that it's almost the 4th of July, it's not surprising that the words free or freedom are coming up quite a bit. To most in the United States, Independence Day celebrates the nation's freedom, and being free refers to having the right to choose for yourself how to live or act. But for much of the ancient path that free traveled on its way into English, it meant something strikingly different. The fundamental sense of the term as used today is to not be under the control of another, in other words, to be free. Looking at early biblical and philosophical translations as cited in the Oxford English Dictionary, we find this meaning dates all the way back to the Old English period, the period before 1100. At that time, it appeared as the adjective freo, meaning free from servitude, or as the related noun freodome. But beyond this very modern sense, we also see it used to describe being of noble birth, of high status. Chaucer used it in this way when describing the historical figure Alexander the Great in the monk's tale. He of knighthood and of freedom flower, pointing him out as the blossom of knighthood and nobility. Though less common, it can be seen used this way even before Chaucer's time in some Old English biblical texts. Most far afield from how we use it in English today, there was also an Old English verb, freon, that was used primarily with the sense of to love. In Precepts, an Old English religious poem, the verb reminds readers of the necessity of cherishing or honoring one's parents. Fader and motor, freo, thu, mead, heorten, love with your heart, freo, thu, mead, heorten. However, by Middle English, it no longer carried this loving sense, having been replaced with the meaning of to make free, influenced by the meaning of the adjective. In other words, modern freedom won out over love freedom. 
But why did all these related farms evolve to have such different meanings in the early days? Well, looking at the number of closely related forms found across other Germanic languages, the word free existed long before English did. For instance, in modern German, we find frei, or in Dutch, flei, v-r-i-j. These are what linguists call cognate forms, or words that are etymologically related, suggesting the word was inherited from their source language called Proto-Germanic. If we travel further back than Proto-Germanic, there are cognates or etymological relatives in even older languages, such as Sanskrit, for example, Priya, which means beloved. This has led scholars to suggest that the original root form came from Indo-European, a language hypothesized to have existed more than 6,000 years ago, spawning not just the Germanic line of languages, but also most European languages and a number of Asian languages. In Indo-European, the reconstructed or hypothesized root form was PRI, forming words that carried the meaning to love. This original meaning only sticks around in the verb form in Old English and was completely lost by the time we arrive in Shakespeare's day. Perhaps less surprising in etymological development, given the warm, loving fuzzies it still gives off, the English word friend comes from this same Indo-European root. Though it may be hard to imagine, the concept of freedom that we celebrate on Independence Day did come from a place of love through a circuitous but fascinating path. In its Indo-European days, it's thought to have referred to loved ones you were connected to by blood or as free members of a clan, who was left out of the loving circle, those who were enslaved, in other words, not free, not loved. As time went on, the meaning took on the connotation of having higher status or noble birth, again, free in the sense of being born in a position that put you above those in bondage or servitude. For instance, it's been suggested that a derivative Proto-Germanic word, frias, was used in the same sense of beloved member of one's clan. And even in some Old English writings, we find some vestige of this meaning— for instance, in Beowulf, the verb freogon is used with the meaning of familial love, translating roughly as, now I take you, Beowulf, to love, freogon like a son. So these meanings, that of love and that of not being enslaved, are all connected, but over time and through the process of linguistic innovation, the meanings split so that some etymological relatives, such as friend, retained the loving meaning, while others only retained the not enslaved or under someone else's control meaning. Perhaps during troubled political times where many argue over what freedom means, understanding how the word was built from a foundation of love can remind us of the essence of what it truly means to be free. But as important is the takeaway that, in earlier times, this foundation excluded those who weren't seen as worthy. We can certainly hope that it's not just our language that's evolved to embrace freedom for all. That segment was written by Valerie Fridland, who's a professor of linguistics at the University of Nevada in Reno and the author of a forthcoming language book called Like Literally Dude about all the speech habits we love to hate. You can find her at ValerieFridland.com or on Twitter as Fridland Valerie. Remember the frustration of trying to memorize vocabulary and grammar rules? only to find you couldn't actually use the language in real life, well, there's a better way to learn. 
Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program with millions of users learning 25 different languages, and you can get it on your desktop or as an app on your phone or tablet. Rosetta Stone immerses you in many ways with its intuitive process. It's really different. You pick up the language naturally, first with words, then with phrases, and then with sentences. Plus, with Rosetta Stone's true accent feature, you'll get feedback on how well you're pronouncing words. It's like having a personal trainer for your accent. Don't put off learning that language. There is no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Grammar Girl listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Is it rosettastone.com slash grammar. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash grammar today. Hey everyone, it's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for less. And for a limited time, new customers receive their second month free when they sign up and use promo code MONTHFREE by May 31st. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up and call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Taxes, fees, and other third-party charges will apply. See website for additional details. The living room is where you make life's most beautiful memories. But your sofa shouldn't be the one remembering them. The new life-resistant, high-performance furniture collection from Ashley is designed to withstand all the spills, slip-ups, and muddy paws that come with the best parts of life. Ashley high-performance sofas and recliners are soft, on-trend, and easy to clean. Shop the high-performance furniture in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home. A listener named Tom wrote in with a question about repeated subjects. He enjoys listening to the Planet Money podcast, which explains economics in everyday language. But he's noticed that the hosts often repeat the subject of a sentence. Here are two examples from an episode from a while ago that occurred one right after the other. This whole fight, it doesn't matter for the deficit. This year's federal deficit, it is about $1.5 trillion. In his email, Tom writes, quote, Their constant use of a double subject makes me crazy. I'd like to persuade the people who do this podcast to mend their ways just a little bit. Can you help? Unquote. Well, the Cambridge Grammar of the English Language refers to this kind of sentence as left dislocation, which sounds unpleasantly like something that happened to one of my friends during a ski trip. In our first example, the noun phrase, this whole fight, has been moved or dislocated to the beginning of the sentence, which is on the far left when the sentence is written out in a standard left-to-right fashion. This dislocated noun phrase has been replaced in the rest of the sentence by the pronoun it, so that we end up with the double subject that's bothering Tom. This whole fight, it doesn't matter for the deficit. But left dislocation doesn't just happen with subjects. You can also find it with direct objects. For example, at a baseball game, you might hear, cold beer, you want it, I got it. The direct object of want is cold beer, but instead of saying, you want cold beer, I got it, the vendor dislocates cold beer to the front of the sentence and fills the direct object position with the pronoun it. Cold beer, you want it, I got it. 
You can also left dislocate the object of a preposition. Take this sentence. My brother, a scout, came looking for him at the football game. Here, the left dislocated noun phrase, my brother, is repeated in the rest of the sentence as him, the object of the preposition for. My brother, a scout, came looking for him at the football game. You can left dislocate indirect objects, too, as in that drunk guy who kept trying to pick a fight, the police gave him a citation for disorderly conduct. The left dislocated noun phrase is that drunk guy who kept trying to pick a fight, and it's repeated in the rest of the sentence is the indirect object him, the police gave him a citation. You can even left dislocate noun phrases that would have been possessive if they stayed in their usual location. For example, in the sentence, that woman who just moved in, it turns out her daughter is a Girl Scout. The left dislocated noun phrase is that woman who just moved in, and it's repeated in the rest of the sentence as the possessive pronoun her. It turns out her daughter is a Girl Scout. Left dislocation is considered informal English because the dislocated noun phrase just sits there at the beginning of the sentence, syntactically disconnected from the rest of it. Or worse, the left dislocated phrase may even turn into a sentence fragment. Or worse, the left dislocated phrase may even turn into a sentence fragment if you separate it completely from the rest of the sentence with a period or exclamation point. In our cold beer example, cold beer, you want it? I got it. Cold beer is a sentence fragment. So why would someone use left dislocation? For one thing, left dislocation is useful if you have a noun phrase that would sound awkward if it stayed in its expected position. With our example, that woman I see at the gym every day, it turns out her daughter is a Girl Scout. It would be pretty awkward to say, that woman I see at the gym every day's daughter is a Girl Scout. Another benefit of left dislocation is that it makes it easier for a listener to process a sentence. Sentences are easier to understand if they present old information first and new information later. To see how left dislocation lets sentences do this, let's take another example from the Planet Money episode. The people who are less price sensitive, who are willing to pay more, well, they just don't spend that time and they pay full price. When you say, the people who are less price sensitive, who are willing to pay more, you're introducing a new piece of information. Then when you repeat it as the pronoun they, it's now old information, and it's easier to process with the new information about how they end up paying full price. Finally, because sentences with left dislocation are considered informal, they can set a friendly tone in presentations that are trying to make things simple and fun, like the Planet Money podcast. When I listen to Planet Money, it sounds as if the hosts are having an unscripted conversation, even though each episode is carefully researched and planned. Even with those advantages, left dislocation is still considered informal, so you should avoid it in formal writing. It's more appropriate in places like advertising copy, dialogue, or speech. But, as Tom points out, even in speech, left dislocation can become a distraction if it's overused. In our first example, this whole fight, it doesn't matter for the deficit, the dislocated noun phrase isn't really long enough to make dislocation worthwhile, and it's not introducing a new topic, either. It's just part of their conversational style, a style that is unfortunately driving Tom bonkers. Left dislocation, it's a useful rhetorical tool, but limit it to your informal writing or speech. Even then, use it sparingly to preserve your listener's sanity. 
That segment was written by Neil Whitman, an independent writer and consultant specializing in language and grammar, and a member of the Reynoldsburg, Ohio School Board. You can search for him by name on Facebook or find him on Twitter as Literal Minded and on his blog at literalminded.wordpress.com. Finally, I have a Familect story. Hello. I have a story of a Familect of our own. Uh, it happens to also be an onomatopoeia. It was FOOP, F-O-O-P. It uh, essentially was a verb that meant to strike someone with a pillow. It was a pillow fight word. That's our story. Thanks. Bye. Thanks for that story. I'm imagining pillow fights now. Foop. If you want to call with the story of your family act, a word your family and only your family uses, you can leave a voicemail at 833214-GIRL and I might play it on the show. Grammar Girl is a quick and dirty tips podcast. Thanks to my audio engineer, Nathan Sims, and my editor, Adam Cecil. Our ad operations specialist is Morgan Christensen, and our digital operations specialist is Holly Hutchings. Our marketing and publicity assistant is Davina Tomlin, and our intern is Brendan Pika, who says he's been fortunate enough to travel quite a bit within the United States, and his favorite place is Washington State, which he'll be traveling back to over Independence Day this year. Have a great trip, Brendan. I'm Mignon Fogarty, better known as Grammar Girl. That's all. Thanks for listening. The living room is where you make life's most beautiful memories. But your sofa shouldn't be the one remembering them. The new life-resistant, high-performance furniture collection from Ashley is designed to withstand all the spills, slip-ups, and muddy paws that come with the best parts of life. Ashley high-performance sofas and recliners are soft, on-trend, and easy to clean. Shop the high-performance furniture in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home. You can start your day off right. When you find a professional on Angie to get your plumbing right first. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Visit Angie.com. You can do this when you Angie that.